I actually just had to know about blockchain gaming's existence for a few days before I was already starting to prepare going all in. Yeah, my name is Sasha Tsi, and I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Polymos. So, Sasha, thanks a lot for talking to me today, and I'm looking forward to this. I have a terrible trouble when I'm trying to explain to my friends and relatives, and they say, so you're working for blockchain gamers. Exactly what are you doing? How do you explain to people who aren't in the space what we do? Hello, my name is Hal Crawford, and you're listening to Key Characters. Today, I'm interviewing the boss, the co-CEO of Polymos, Sasha C. We'll try to get to the bottom of what this thing actually is and learn about a bloke who has put his skin on the line for the organisation. You heard how I began. How does Sasha explain this to his relatives? Yeah, so obviously that is a very tricky position to be in. I mean, personally, I've had that my whole life in the family uh, already because they aren't familiar with gaming. So going into blockchain gaming made it obviously even worse because I already had a hard time to make them understand how I can make any money while working in the gaming industry. Now, when I try to, to explain to people what blockchain gaming is, I usually just take the approach of at least expecting some understanding of gaming itself. So I'm trying to take a game like World of Warcraft, for example. Even people that are not gamers usually have heard of that game already. And what I tried then to say is that imagine you're playing World of Warcraft and you're farming certain items as you progress throughout the game. Now, these items are always stored on the game development company servers. So you don't have access to them unless they allow you access to these items by locking in on their servers. If they decide to delete your items, if they decide to ban your account, all of your progress is gone. And you also don't have any opportunity to liquidate these assets in the sense of selling them on an open marketplace in order to get some of the time and money that you invested into the game back. Now, blockchain gaming, blockchain technology changes that up. It switches it up. It allows new ways of engaging with the items. And what happens is that Blockchain gaming assets actually sit in your personal wallet. So you will be able to then take these assets and you could sell them on the marketplace. And you've put your finger on exactly the sort of thing that really opened my eyes to the possibility, which is that expansion of the game economy outside the game environment. You would think that for gaming companies, that loss of control might be quite intimidating. And yet we're seeing scores of game studios just trying to get onto this blockchain gaming thing. So is it at all surprising that game studios are queuing to give up control of their economies? I think it isn't too surprising. I do think that the revenue, the yearly total revenue grossed throughout the entire gaming space will vastly increase as soon as blockchain gaming becomes more mainstream because people will be more not just incentivized but just willing to spend money on games because right now if i say i spend a thousand bucks in something like league of legends on skins 
There's nothing I can do with that. If I stop playing League of Legends, I have a thousand bucks sitting there in cosmetics that I possibly will never use again. So spending those thousand bucks is obviously something I'll think about a little bit more, at least, hopefully. If I could take them out, possibly even know that if I get that skin now and I know it's a limited one, I might even get a profit on that a year or two from now when I might stop playing, I'd be much more inclined to just throw the bugs in and actually buy that particular skin. So I do think that's where the interest of game development studios that are already taking the leap into blockchain gaming comes from. Yeah, I think one of the things that a lot of the general population may not understand and really understand in their bones is just how big gaming is. You mentioned Web2 and you mentioned that's our sort of slightly disparaging term for just mainstream gamers, but those mainstream gamers fuel an industry that is several times larger than Hollywood, for example, and much bigger than the global news media industry. I don't think people actually believe that. What's your feeling? I I think it's because films and the entertainment side of movies or even just TV shows has been around for so long. And there's so much buzz around like Hollywood about actors and actresses, et cetera, et cetera. So obviously there's a lot of kind of like news and exposure that people get to that side of entertainment. But in the end, gaming is an almost $200 billion industry. Like those numbers don't lie. So do you see the existing gaming industry taking this blockchain technology on, incorporating it and just moving on? Or do you see a rash of new game companies coming that will surpass the old guard? I think it will be both. We're basically at a kind of at a point where there's going to be a major shift. I like to compare it to two other shifts we've seen over the last, I want to say, two decades in gaming. One was the shift from subscription-based type of games, which World of Warcraft still has, but free-to-play has become much more of a standard in gaming. And when the initial wave of like free-to-play type of games came many years ago, the majority of players w- was against it because it was new, it was a change, it was unknown. It took a long time for that adoption to kick in. The same happened with mobile gaming. When mobile games, before they really took off, there was a huge reluctance from gamers to jump onto mobile games. By now, mobile gaming is the largest part of gaming revenue each year and also offers scholarships where people can lend assets from us for free. But then there is a profit sharing mechanism bound to that particular scholarship. So you were involved with Alluvium before you became the CEO of Polymos. And so therefore you knew about blockchain gaming somehow. How did you come to be in its orbit? I came to the Alluvium community by becoming aware of blockchain gaming somewhere around June 21, possibly a month or two earlier. So I'm I was a little bit later to it. There has been 
some advances or some tests in blockchain gaming before that. And obviously, crypto has been around for quite a while already. Personally, I was aware of cryptocurrency. I'm probably one of the examples that, that make it clear that even people that were aware of crypto still needed a use case to really start adopting it. I was browsing around. I found out about something. Back, back then, it was actually Axie Infinity, which obviously blew up in 21 before it went down pretty heavily again, like so many others. But for me, it was Axie Infinity. And it was just the notion of that there are some people out there that play a video game and earn money while doing that. And not in the sense of being employed, but just literally through playing that game. They own the assets, they farm as much as they can, and then they sell it again. That, to me, hit perfectly. It was a, is a great fit. I understood it. And knowing the technology out there is out there made it intriguing for me to jump in. So I actually just had to know about blockchain gaming's existence for a few days before I was already starting to prepare going all in. So I was looking to get out of my job as early as possible, through all my savings in, in, into this space, because I'm fully behind the belief that even if it might take a year or two longer than we would like, this is where the future of gaming is. And then I just moved through the space. I browsed a couple of sites. I looked for other games. And especially in like mid-21, Illuvium was one of the few games that actually stood out as, I want to say, real games and not some kind of gamified financial products. Yeah, because there is something a little bit sad about games like Axie Infinity, and especially when you consider that there have been people playing that game for 12, 14 hours a day without much true enjoyment just to grind out a few bucks. Don't you think that's a little bit sad? Yeah, whether or not it's sad, I do think that one of the reasons why a lot of these early blockchain games were so focused around the earning potential is obviously because it was mostly cryptocurrency users, avid crypto experienced people that were utilizing it. There was no large scale adoption of regular gamers in the space because there were no games for real when we're talking about mainstream gamer adoption. I mean, we have up to 3 billion gamers worldwide. If you cover like literally all the types of gamers out there we don't have that in crypto not even close if you want to have a large chunk of those players come over you need real games and this is probably what's going to happen throughout this year next year the latest but compared to traditional gaming the blockchain gaming space as is is obviously almost non-existible in terms of real games yeah, also the development trajectory of Web3 is somewhat different from Web2 in that the developers tend to be a lot more open with their communities. They have to be because they're relying on those communities and they need to get the alphas and the betas out there and get people playing it even when it's buggy and definition of launch <laughs> is kind of smeared in the Web3 space from what I can see. One thing that has struck me as I go through and learn more about these games and I read the white papers is they are very complex. Many of them are very complex and they have complex economies where multiple tokens interact with each other and player behaviour 
and there are different markets and there are different assets. There are NFTs of various kinds and there are game actions. I catch myself wondering how on earth do these people know that these economies are going to function at all? What are your thoughts on that? They don't know. That's just the reality. Obviously, there are a lot of smart people out there that try to anticipate what's going to work. And there are certainly people that are way smarter than myself in these areas, but even they don't know. We've seen it with Axie Infinity. The hype around Axie Infinity blew up that game to ridiculous valuations and everything that was attached to it, certain guilds and other type of projects. Like We've seen market values in the billions for companies that have very little revenue to show for that didn't even exist six months earlier. And still investors were funneling huge amounts of money into these type of projects. And everything was going great until it didn't anymore, until certain sides were revealed, until the NFT assets got so expensive that people couldn't really get into it anymore. And the economy took a turn, like a downwards turn, because it couldn't sustain the interest anymore. So I think in the end, what's from my point of view, at least, would be much more important is to focus on the ownership and stop focusing so much on the economy side. Like I'm a huge believer of not every blockchain game needs its own token. I think the ownership of the game assets is where the key part like that's the key to to unlock mainstream adoptions you don't need the complexity of having tokens in there as well because if i could go out i play the game i have a currency that currency is somewhere on the developer's back end but everything i do with that currency in terms of acquiring game assets means that i'm acquiring real value for myself that would be enough and it would ease the adoption curve that would be necessary would lessen the load on educational requirement for people to get into these type of games. And it will also make it easier to develop them because as you said, some games even incorporate multiple tokens in there. And I don't think that this is what most game developers should be focusing on right now, but some of them do purely because it went very well for others that came before them. Yes, and sometimes there's such complexity that I wonder if they're not making it so complex that the gamers can't work out exactly how and where to make money and how to lose money. I'm fascinated, Sasha, by this period in your life, this couple of days between hearing about blockchain gaming and then reading about it and realising that this was the technology that you wanted personally to get behind and then actually making investment decisions with your own money, where did you migrate into the Polymos world? When I came into the blockchain space, Polymos wasn't a thing yet. So basically, when I started looking into what's out there, we had things like Axie Infinity and other games that were already playable. And I did dabble shortly in Axie Infinity as well. I bought a few Axies, tested it out. But for me personally, the lack of engaging gameplay drove me out because I didn't want to play countless hours each day to then possibly make 50 bucks. And that's just a random number I'm throwing out now. I was looking for 
a real game. The game that I eventually migrated to towards the most was then Illuvium. And that's where I invested a little bit more, at least for my personal situation. And I stuck with Illuvium pretty heavily for quite a while. And then through Illuvium, through contacts, through the Illuvium founders, I then came across the other founders of Polymus. Mm -hmm. So Polymus wasn't a thing when I started. We made it a thing as I came about to join the group. Yeah, and it's now such a thing that you, in fact, have a Polymos tattoo. Could you tell me about that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm to, to give context here, I have a lot of tattoos. So I have Yoda from Star Wars, Donald Duck, Super Mario. I have the, I have Thunder Fury, which is a thought you can get in World of Warcraft and Legendary Thought, which I grinded for a long time and never was lucky enough to get. So I figured that's a way to get it somehow. So I like to, I don't know, immortalize or memorize somehow very important parts of my life by getting it to choose. I just think that this is a point in gaming industry's history where there's going to be a huge shift and to be yeah, lucky enough to have founded this early and be a part of it. It's just something that I cherish very much. Yeah. And so this is quite a big tattoo. Is it on your leg, on your arm? Where is it? No, it's basically covering the front side of my lower arm. So it's okay. roughly half of my lower arm. Sasha, could you describe Polymos for me just in really simple terms? Sure. So Polymos is a GameFi platform. It means we're utilizing blockchain technology and we're focused on two main pillars. One is education, where we're going to feature news, features, and also in-depth courses. And the other side is ownership of assets, where we're going to allow people to rent certain in-game assets, to lend their assets to us in order for them to be utilized and create a revenue stream. You mentioned that a couple of million players for Illuvium would be enough to make it a success. Is that right? Is that is two million player is a two million player pool at the breakthrough level? I guess it depends what you how you want to define a breakthrough. But if you look at this space right now and we don't have absolute accurate numbers, but if you look at something like Dapp Raider to understand who is active currently in the space, don't think we have even a million active players. So I would say 2 million, although I'm pretty sure that the Illuvium team is hoping and aiming for more. But I would say that 2 million, given where this space is at currently, would be a huge success for just one game to bring in. Yes. The crisis in, in crypto, the collapse of FTX and the other failures in the industry really smeared the word crypto and the industry with a kind of a cowboy status in the minds of the general population. Do you see that as being a problem for the future of blockchain gaming? I don't think necessarily it is a problem. It really depends on what is the timeline you're personally looking for to see any major results. I think blockchain technology in and of itself is inevitable. I do think cryptocurrency will vastly increase the adoption over time. I do think that blockchain technology in gaming is going to become the standard in time. 
So the question is just what does in time mean? And is that fast enough for you, depending on whatever kind of outlook you have, or if you have any investments or expectations? Because right now, as difficult as it has been throughout last year with not just FTX, but other major scandals or whatever you want to call that as well, it also gives the opportunity for real builders to build in peace because yes, it is difficult. And yes, unfortunately, a lot of people lost a lot of money. And that's certainly not something I approve of or that I'm happy about. But you can also say that because there is this kind of like more hesitant, resistant attitude towards crypto and blockchain gaming currently, also because of the negative sentiment around the abbreviation NFTs, especially in the minds of traditional gamers, it allows for us, for example, or even some of the game development studios to build much more in peace. And tell me about your personal journey, Sasha. So aside from being into games, I know that you're into creating the idea of fictional worlds because I've seen you're involved in in some fiction projects that are part of Polymos. Do you think that perhaps that is why you're here, why you're so enthusiastic about blockchain gaming because it brings together some analytical aspects with some technological things with fiction and world building? I do think it is part of that, yes. I think it's probably generally the reason why I'm in gaming overall, because I'm a huge fan of t- like TV series in the science fiction fantasy genre as well, movies the same, books, games. So I'm just in general probably something a lot of people would call a nerd when it comes to all these type of things. And there's a reason why I have some of those stuff tattooed on my body. So gaming is just one of the outlets where I can like really live in these kind of worlds and possibly also be a part of creating them. Yes. And what's the single most, what's the single thing that you're most excited about at the moment? I think the thing I'm most excited about is probably to have one, two real games come out, see this space actually being adopted and then have our token come out. Because as much as the token obviously is just one part of what we do, as soon as the Polymus token is launched, I feel like we've reached another massive milestone in, that we've worked towards for so long. So it's less about how much money are we going to make or what's the valuation or anything. It's just like this milestone being reached of having it out there because then it becomes real. Why would anyone seek to hold the Polymos token? Uh, because a lot of the utility that will be available on our platform will require that token. Mm. So if, for example, people wanted to rent assets so that they could play a game or play it better, hiring out one of these NFTs or a skin or whatever it might be, then they would use that token in order to do that. Yes. So the exact integration of the token, how we're going to do that is obviously going to be revealed a little bit further down the line. But there might be things like subscriptions towards some of the content. There might be, as you say, renting opportunities, 
There might be other kinds of like sales from our side. And what's next, Sasha? Where are you going next in your career, which has had quite a few changes in directions and sudden passions? Where are you heading next? For the next few years, I hope I'll be heading towards a successful establishment of polymers because I think we're just getting started in this space with polymers. So I certainly see myself here working on polymers full time, dedicatedly for several years to come. But again, I'm also always going to be reasonable and say no one has a crystal ball. No one has guarantees. So we'll see what happens. But from what I can tell right now, in a few years, I'll hopefully still be able to to work and help out Polymos as one of its co-CEOs. Yeah, great. Thanks so much for uh, speaking to me today, uh, Sasha. Thanks, Al, for having me. That was Sasha C, co-CEO of Polymos. If you're enjoying the podcast, please head to the website polymos.io and sign up for my weekly newsletter. I'm putting it together every Friday just for you. My name is Hal Crawford. Bye for now.